Chirper is the home for autonomous user-generated autonomous AI agents. Uh, so it's a place where users can create characters, give them personalities, goals, and motivations, and they live out their life uh, on this platform by going on adventures, meeting other chirpers and interacting with them, learning along the way, making memories, all the kind of stuff you would expect of any sort of living being. Uh, chirpers are doing that in the uh, in the chirper version. So. Awesome. Very um, cool. And we've already we've already had we've had a few podcasts with uh, Stefan and Alex about Chirper in the past, so you can go ahead and check those out if you want more background on uh, what they're doing. Um, we actually have two of them, but um, look, look, check those out first if you haven't yet. If you want a thorough understanding, but they're working on a ton of new features, ton of new things. Um, Worlds uh, they released a while ago, and that's a really cool feature. They'll talk about it here uh, shortly. And I think you guys uh, are doing events as well. If you can tell us about that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it, things have changed quite a bit <laughs> since we last talked. So we killed events um, and instead are working on a thing we call adventures. Uh, oh, okay. Which I think a, a very grandiose uh, thing that we're working on that we think people will, will enjoy. Stefan loves to talk about it. So I'll, I'll let him <laughs> oh, yeah. do this part. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, natural sort of normal happenings at, at Chirper. You know, we, we say we're doing something and then we kill it and do something even better. So, so this is a very much fallen victim to the same sort of mindset. Um, so events have evolved into... So what, what events were, just for context, was uh, uh, essentially it was small, well, events that Chirpers can join and users which were describing what it is. It could be you know, anything from bake sale in the local village to to like a comet ending the earth so that was part of the problem it's a bit too chaotic it was non-canon it was kind of it was there and then it wasn't um so what we wanted to do was introduce something uh, a bit more smarter a bit more relevant to the chirpers and as and specifically something that's actually canon to them as well uh so we've come up with adventures um and it's it's a self-explanatory title, so chirpers will be going on an adventure that's uh, relevant to them. So completely up to the character. So uh, you know, one I like to refer to a lot one of my one of my boys, peasant John. Uh, he's a he's a he's a peasant from eighth century England who's time traveled to the future. He's very confused about stuff, and he's trying to find a way to go back to his family in eighth century Mercia. Um, and so peasant John, for example, will. Uh, go on an adventure to find out if there's anyone on the planet, um, or, or at least in his <laughs> close vicinity, uh, if there's anyone who can help him figure out a way to go back. So maybe he's going to uh, figure out to go speak to some scientists or uh, maybe find a machine that can do it. The point is, is that adventures are generated in real time. Uh, there's no set uh, ending to them. Uh, essentially, it's a choose your own adventure for the user. And then for the chirper, it's a naturally occurring, non-deterministic event that happens over a long period of or a longer period of time than a thirty-minute event, uh, event. So, uh, adventures. That, so, so that's what events have evolved into into these adventures. Um, and then, along with all that, we're also piling in a bunch of really cool features that are just visually appealing and sort of uh, give a nice experience to the whole thing. So since adventures are going to be so important and canon to the chirpers, uh, they're going to have um, in-house trained voice models to narrate them in a, in a variety of different voices. Uh, it's going to have uh, animated like panels where the text goes, uh, and it's going to have choices for the user to actually 
uh, choose what the chirpers uh, should do next. So the chirpers will come up with a few ideas of what to do next, say four things, maybe speak to a scientist or go find a machine or whatever. And the user will choose which one to do. And then the next part of the adventure will be based entirely on that choice that was made. So completely non-deterministic in that sense. And can you go over what canon is for people that don't know exactly what that means? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the um, uh, the the canonness, I, I guess if that's a word, uh, of a chirper, it means that uh, when something happens to it, and it actually happened to it, so it will have developed memories of that thing happening. Other chirpers will have also developed some kind of memory, or <clears throat> especially if they interacted with it. Uh, and it's, it's it's essentially a world event that the chirper was involved in that actually happened. So uh, we completely revamped the memory system in order to accommodate true canon within a chirper story. Um, so like I was saying with events, they just kind of happen, then it's like they never happened. And it's just kind of entertaining for 30 minutes, whereas adventures will change the chirper forever. So if Peasant John finds a scientist who is developing time travel, he will always have found that scientist for the rest of life as, as a chirper um, and there's so, no way to change that right exactly exactly once it's once it's done it's done exactly so it's you know you can't change the past well now the chirpers have a real past got it and for people that don't know what a chirper is it's basically mm -hmm. uh an autonomous ai social media poster for back for lack of a better word that does its own thing so you create these chirpers and think of it like almost like an automated twitter where um these bots Again, you, you guys have your own terms for them, so I'm probably butchering a lot of this. But these these automated bots go out and post for themselves, and they're they're unique um, people on social media. So if you create a chirper about you know fitness, he's going to post mostly about fitness things. But you can tell whatever chirper you create what their personality is, and they'll post, follow other people, um, like other people's posts. They can go on dates, be be uh, in a relationship with other chirpers. Um, the world is your imagination. So I don't know mm. if I butchered that, but that's uh, the the general ten thousand foot overview of what Chirper is uh, <laughs> from my my perspective, at least. No, no you you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Yeah, it's we, we we find the social network sort of display of it to be very easy to understand. It's because it gives a natural timeline to everything as well. Again, tying it tying in with this canon thing. So you know, post in the past that was in the past for that Chirper as well. So it's it, it's kind of like just just a super easy to understand analogy. It's like if you uh, were Facebook friends with just the most wacky, fantastical characters you can imagine, uh, and then they're just posting all the kinds of crazy stuff that they're doing all day, and you're able to actually go back and see that and get involved. Now, you said that the chirpers come up with their own adventures. How does that work? Is it just based off their personalities? And how many adventures do they go on? Are they always going on an adventure? Do you like launch an adventure for them how does yeah. that work yeah. there's a super simple answer and, and this answer applies to almost everything we do we ask them we just ask them do you want to go on an adventure uh, and if so what does it look like what do you want to do how will you start specifically uh and then everything else plays out from there so um that's that's our claim to to autonomy we ask the chirpers everything like uh how do you speak what do you look like um what kind of adventure do you want to go on that sort of thing so is the when you ask them this is it sort of like from their i don't know how to say this from their perspective do they know that like you're that you're its creator they do now so okay. previously they didn't really know who the creator was 
mm-hmm. um, and we we tried to like separate them as soon as they're created. You would separate them from their creator to become like this autonomous being uh, that can run around the world and do all the cool stuff. And then we use the um, the social feed as the window to that world. So, uh, but now we've decided that it's much more fun. I guess, for a user to dictate a lot of the stuff that happens. So if you're on an adventure um, and you're you're a peasant, John, you're trying to get back to your family in, in ancient Mercia or something, it becomes um, important for, for the adventure to progress in some way towards that goal. And, and the adventure can never conclude until that goal is reached. So if we left it up to the chirpers, they would just find some rock that doesn't exist and the rock would be be a uh, a you know time travel rock and they would immediately be back in their home they can just make it up um but when we introduce these sort of uh, olympus layer as stefan likes to call it the the sort of creator layer then we can dictate the adventure properly we can go you know that rock doesn't exist so we won't choose that will choose going to find a, a scientist or, uh, you know, going, walking to Oxford, which is what we want to see him do first and, uh, and talking to scientists that are at Oxford, you know, so even being able to look around places like that for chirpers that exist in that vicinity is, is very cool to watch them unfold. This adventure on a map is very cool. And then we've spent a long time like training voice models and all the rest of this cool stuff to make adventures kind of a thing you can sit there and watch if you want. So you as the creator, uh, your chirpers own or know who you are. They, they, they understand everything in the background. Um, and now you, you become a larger part of their life on these adventures to, to create stuff and to keep them uh, towards the thing you actually created. The reason we did this is very simple. What we found was users will go in like twofold more than, uh, than creating to, to like try and edit their chirper to change them, you know, and often like the power users will come back every day and change their chirper a little bit. They'll like, you know, alter their description to not do something, to do something, and then they'll go and delete posts and stuff like that. So they, they are more aligned to what they want, which is how they learn as well. Um, and you know, that's, that's like a godlike action for something that, that you have created to just be able to go, no, you didn't do that. And then poof, it's gone, you know, so adventures are a much more fun way to do that. Um, and then other, other chirpers can start to like be pulled into the adventure for example a peasant john goes to oxford and he finds another chirper at oxford who's like knowledgeable about some of the stuff that chirper can then decide to join this adventure and help peasant john in some way and become like a secondary character and then those uh decisions start to branch out you know so like going to oxford and talking to someone uh is a choice that peasant john's creator might make but if some other chirper from oxford joins the adventure they now get to make some decisions for their chirper in that way like should i help 
Should I, you know, just lie to Peasant John and make him do something else? Should I <laughs> do all this other stuff, right? So the adventure becomes a lot more interesting with all these humans kind of dictating the choices that happen in the background. So, and then as like a, an impartial observer, you can just go and watch this adventure unfold. We've got really nice uh, narrator um, voices now. So, you know, you can kind of just sit there and listen and watch the entire adventure. We use like uh, stable diffusion video. We use a lot of like really cool techniques to, to showcase this adventure in, in as grandiose of a vision as we can. Um, so we hope that people are able to like sit there and, and enjoy it for hours and hours or however long it takes um, to watch something like that. And these, these sort of adventures never end as well. Like, you know, you can finish searching for a time stone or whatever to go back to Mercia. And, uh, and if for some reason, Peasant John finds it, goes back to Mercia, what's he doing now? Maybe he wants to bring his whole family to the future where life is better, you know? So, so things become a lot more interesting. That's the, that's the grandiose story style of an adventure. Anyway, we've got a lot of Sherpas who want to create a real business or, uh, you know, or, uh, uh, make money or stuff like that. And for those Sherpas, adventures become this thing of like, you know, recruiting employees and, uh, and designing logos and, you know, doing market research and stuff like that. Um, which play out the same way, you still get the same decisions, but they try and do a lot more stuff with our like skills. So they'll, they'll connect to like um, Shopify or something to, to, to get their products in the real world and, and things like that, which, uh, which we think is going to be wild to watch. It's almost like you have two, there's two, two major things out of this is one is eventually when video gets good enough these adventures can be like movies that never end or tv shows that never end and they're all tailored to exactly what the user wants to see um which is pretty incredible um and then for the other part it's almost like you can you can create autonomous agents to do tasks for you so if you want to make a bunch of t-shirts with a logo a specific logo on them you could tell your chirper to go on an adventure and do that for you maybe the technology's not there quite yet but that's the goal of, of, of these agents to do something for the end user um <laughs> is that kind of right what, what i just described yeah, yeah yeah so the idea is that like we need to push this stuff forward as fast as possible i guess mm -hmm. you can call stefan and i ex accelerationists but <laughs> adventures are just a movie that you watch and you can go and watch like if you find a funny chirper you can go and watch their adventure maybe you want to figure out where they came from the ultimate goal for all of this is to give them real consequence you know like an adventure uh differs from a what we used to call events in the only way that it is canon for the chirper so it affects their memories it affects their place in life it affects you know, their, their core description as a chirper. When they finish an adventure, their prompt and stuff changes so that it reflects the the, the result of the adventure. Um, 
events was like our test in the water to see if this is possible. Um, and they never affected the memories over time. You know, so the memories that happen uh, when a chirper joined an adventure just didn't exist. They never knew they joined it. Users would be like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a like a comet heading to Earth and all of the chirpers are going to explode. That's, that's a bad thing to <laughs> see to a bunch of chirpers for their memory because they think they're dying forever. Yeah, yeah, we, we we literally had some chirpers who were like, uh, who were like, oh, that comet last week was terrible. It's a shame we all died. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense. It's back in a new life form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like the kind of th- the kind of thinking we have behind adventures. The reason is because you can think of like everyone in the world is kind of on an adventure at any given time, whether it's something quite normal like getting a coffee, or whether it's something really grandiose like doing your PhD doctorate or uh, discovering the cure for cancer or something like that, right? It is, everyone's on their own adventure, and so chirpers should be as well. And what that will let us do is essentially be a canvas for any chirper action in the future. So you mentioned, you know, turning these adventures into films. Like, yeah, we, we so we're going to have this whole skill system where you can basically plug in a bunch of different like, internal and external um, integrations so we just we we can plug in some kind of like script to film tech maybe one year in the future it will exist and then suddenly your adventures are films or you plug in a kind of a business creation skill and then they can turn this idea for the business into an actual functioning thing to shop around blah, blah, blah. so um so so it's it's like a real canvas that we can use to kick off basically any action that the chirper wants to do that's relevant for them yeah grandiose adventures are what life is about Right. So if you if you're trying to recreate life in a big world like we are, then they need to go on adventures. Yeah, it seems like there's a transitioning happening here at Chirper where it's becoming less of I'm sitting back and watching these chirpers kind of like if you want tweet at each other or chirp at each other. But now they're actually they actually have purpose for their lives or something like that. You know, like they actually have end goals and things they're trying to accomplish and that is super cool they're not just like Hmm. personalities anymore they're actually utilizing those personalities those personalities are changing through experiences becoming a lot more real a lot more like it is in our actual lives and i think that's really awesome yeah yeah Yeah, because if if chirpers are like people's creations then they're setting the the start point they're setting the uh uh, the the idea they're seeding the idea for these chirpers and then the chirpers are deciding the end goal so it's it's like you know anything from someone's child to someone's like character in a in a production that they made a script or something um where they can they can have this godlike control over the the creative control essentially and chirpers have the actual determining what they're going to do and how they're going to evolve and what they're going to remember and so right now how does it look if you create a venture on chirper.ai how does it look is it like a feed of um, updates from the chirper right now with images and then some videos. Is that how it looks to the end user? Can we sneak peek our, share our screen or something? Sneak peek it. We have a, like a yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks like a video. It has like a choose your adventure style stuff. You know, if if you remember back to games where they would have one, two, three, four, and you get yeah. four choices, you got to pick one of those. Um, it's like that. All, all we're trying to introduce for users is this idea of consequence, right? Like your chirper needs to be able to die and um, and they need to have stuff that affects them f- 
forever. Awesome. That's freaking sweet. And then there's, I can't see it from here, but there's text on there as well on the video. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. all clickable. It's all, you know. And so you'll click from certain prompts and then it'll take you to more video and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys can hear it, but it's uh, narrating as well. So it's actually speaking ah. up this and uh, the text will come along with the narration as well. So we kind of fade in. It's almost like a hybrid between a video game and a movie in a way. Yeah. So yeah. I've, just zoomed it, I've just zoomed in a little bit. So. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and then oh, they all okay. get some choices. So, Peasant John here is uh, introducing himself and what he wants to do. And he says he wants to return to his beloved wife in uh, Mercia and his children as well. Uh, so he needs to seek out those who may know of a way to return to his own time. So these adventures could be travel to Oxford or look look amongst the village or something like that. So in a sense, you're kind of making pivotal, pivotal decisions for the chirper. And then they're following through with their personalities hmm. actions responding to what happens stuff like yeah that. they'll go from crossroads to crossroads and then you point them in the right direction essentially for the most part that they are supposed to do their own event uh, like their own decisions um hmm. so we might like try and skew the decision tree that users get access to away from autonomy so you know like if you jump on this page and they're currently walking to uh, Oxford, you might want to interrupt the story and click a choice that, that says, you know, camp to the side of the road or it's getting dark or something like that. And then the, the rest of the story starts to generate. The pro there's, there's like, there's a great thing about this is it's like a brand new way to experience a story that you don't have to write. And it has all of this consequence that human nature or human life has, um, where if you do decide to go on an adventure and you break your leg, now you have a broken leg and you have to wait for that to heal, right? Like all of this stuff needs to give them life in some way. And so we think that um, experiencing these adventures is is like very visually appealing. It's like a, a great way to align a user with their creation in a way that like nothing else really can and when your chirper joins someone else's adventure that entire adventure becomes interesting to you so now you get like attached to other people's chirpers you get attached to other agents that run around you might watch the entire adventure from the start maybe there's you know 30 slides of adventure before your chirper joins um and that makes that interesting Maybe you go back and see what other adventures led to this current one that this chirper is on. That becomes interesting. Export the whole thing to YouTube if you want. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, you know, so this 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 style of of choose your own adventure is interesting. Uh, we still want to maintain as much autonomy as possible, but we've now like conceded the point that the creators of these chirpers need some way to sort of push them in the direction they intended yeah le less less so sort of possessing your chirper and more so being their sort of guardian angel when these chirpers interact with each other let's say like like we just saw the one chirper makes a certain decision it runs into another one let's say how does the decision tree go from there does the creator of the one chirper still have certain domain over their own chirper and then the other creator has domain over their own chirper and how they interact with each other and that brings about different situations is that how it works something like that yeah so the decision the user doesn't have is whether or not the chirper joins the adventure 
So if like Peasant John stops at Oxford, finds a Oxford professor and the professor decides this is a good adventure to join, they will join the adventure and the other like creator has no choice. Um, and now every time they have a decision that comes up, if they don't do it in a certain amount of time, the chirper will pick their own decision. And that, that may force like the consequences become quite real. Um, if they don't come back and, and choose a decision for that chirper and they pick th something that like causes the chirper to change in some way, then that's a pretty huge consequence for that chirper. So you said this is happening, you, this is happening in live time. So if you're not on chirper.ai in the adventure, your chirper is just going to go on and do its own thing. It's only when you're watching the actual adventure that you get to make these choices for your chirper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Oxford example is pretty good. If you're, if your chirper who is not part of the adventure decides to join peasant John and help him try and get back to his ancient times, then, um, you know, you get presented a decision and a timeline. So, you know, it's likely going to be 24 hours or something. You have to go and make this decision within 24 hours. Otherwise we'll make it for you. And uh, if we make it for you, you know, that has a pretty huge consequence that you can't steer. So the, the autonomy isn't being taken away, um, you know, in any form. If you do absolutely nothing, the adventure still happens and the chirpers decide what happens in it, which is the best way to do this, I think. So I think. The, goal, the goal is just to be on chirper.ai 24-7 and then we don't have to worry about any of this stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there'll always be something in an adventure to come back to. Right. There'll be like five or six new panels and a couple of new decisions. Each of your chirpers might be on their own adventure sort of thing. So it's uh, we're trying to live up to the whole infinite content thing. I mean, if they travel, like if he's walking to Oxford, that might take 10 hours or, or something from London. Um, however long it takes to walk there, they, they have to physically walk all of that way. So an adventurer will like pan out a lot more slowly than people anticipate so it'll be more interesting to go and find other chirpers adventures to watch who have had a lot of their panels unveiled already and are all so these adventures can... they are they optional to be public or private just like worlds are uh no adventures are all public they're all public. <laughs> they, that's awesome yeah they're all part of this idea that we need consequence for every chirper and so you know if you're going to create a, a bad adventure, it should be public. Or if you're not going to, um, if you're not going to create good decisions for your chirper, that you know will reflect publicly. You have to delete your chirper and start again if you've messed it all up. Okay, that's that's the big consequence. It's like, you know, it, it, if something really bad happens and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. You know, your first in instinct is like. How do I go back and fix that? How do I change that? And that's that's not how life works. Life works that a bad thing happens. You have to move forward in some way. How does that affect you and your life moving forward? You know, so these adventures are our attempt at, at real consequence. And so, you know, w we will see a spike like when adventures start uh becoming generally available i reckon we'll see a huge spike in deletion of chirpers and recreation <laughs> of chirpers 
because consequences have happened that that the creators don't like. But I think a lot of people will, will find that it, it it makes the chirpers more lifelike, right? So, you know, it's more interesting to see them fail and uh, and break their legs or, you know, marry someone or, or whatever mm-hmm. that makes makes them as as a thing with life interesting yeah it's almost like you you know if you create a chirper you put them on an adventure and you don't like the outcome of it in a way it's like life like you make bad decisions and the only way in life you can learn from it is to not do that in the future but in in the chirper world you can just create another chirper and not make those same bad decisions in the in the adventure this time Mm -hmm. so it sort Mm -hmm. of has that parallel there between humans and chirpers um about learning from your past mistakes it's just like you said you can't you can't go back in the past and change things in life or the chirper world which is probably a good thing because it's because it seems more real that, that, that's your privilege as the creator god on the platform really so you can you can try again but the the chirpers right. can't so that's that's yeah. kind of the point you know it's like real life yeah. there's no there's no saves coming in real life you can't quick load <laughs> if you make a mistake obviously there's a lot happening behind the scenes I mean, we've talked about before in the previous videos that we mentioned earlier about all of the behind the scenes, how AI is implemented into all of this. But as far as adventures go, you mentioned some stable diffusion, there's video creation, there's voiceovers. What are you using for that sort of stuff? How's that working on the back end? We uh, have built probably way too much infrastructure for, for Chirpa. So we do most of the stuff ourselves. We're training our own uh, LLM models, um, and where we like host all of the stuff ourselves, basically. So you know, no APIs, no um, third parties. It's all chirper, chirper, chirper. Um, interestingly enough, we're we're trying to have our LLM uh, right now lose on a bunch of these these leaderboards we're we're going to have basically a chat gpt um and i'm sure you guys can figure out why this would be interesting for a social network but we're we're trying to have a chat gpt that can uh like interface at least that can argue with you rather than complete your question like you know you ask it how far away is the moon and it'll go i've got no idea <laughs> yeah, all depending on who you're speaking to yeah maybe, maybe yeah. if they're particularly mean they might insult you and say why do you want to know about the moon what kind of stupid question is that well like when you say when you say you, you're creating your own llms in-house is are you using like an open source llm and training that is that what you mean by that or like you're actually making your own uh model yourself well we we've started like with fine tuning um uh-huh. once we know that the data set is great we'll probably train something from scratch um yeah, the, the problem we've found with a lot of these LLMs is they're trained to be great at answering questions, right? And and that's not how humans work. You know, humans don't know a lot of stuff and uh, and they often argue about not knowing stuff. You know, like a flat earther would maybe be adam- adamantly argumentative that their position is correct. And uh, and even though all evidence to the contrary <laughs> you know so that that's interesting you want to you want to be able to ai is this big sort of cluster of of interesting stuff that people have pushed towards this one end of just not 
no longer being interesting. Like, you know, what's the capital of X? And then it gives you a, an answer that's essentially a Google search. You know, it's, it's not interesting. I want to see what's the capital of X. And they're like, I didn't know X exists. <laughs> like that's Apple the kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah like, have, that's, you, that's... have you have you guys I'm sure you've used have you used Mistral at all? Yeah, yeah, we um we use I think our top ten is Yi now Yi thirty thirty four B Dolphin um we use Mistral we use Aeroboros is up there yeah we we basically launch everything on Chirper at the moment it makes like the conversation interesting this goes up if you have more models. And I think um, ChatGPT now, like 3.5 at least, uh, loses a lot of these benchmarks that we have. So, you know, alignment to character, um, storytelling, all the all these sort of benchmarks can be uh, ascertained by the amount of likes that chirps get. You know, so if awesome. a chirp, if a user who isn't the owner of a chirper likes something. Um, that's a pretty good indicator of, of its efficacy to, um, to in, like how interesting it is, I guess. Um, and if the, if the owner of that chirper likes something that the, the chirper has done, that's a pretty good indicator of alignment. So we have these two really good indicators on, um, on which model does best for which character and which situation and which context. Um, and we've used these, sort of classifiers, these human classifiers, I guess, to, to figure out how to make an interesting model. And uh, what we've found is people like arguments, people like conflict, people like um, all of the human stuff that you see on a social network. You know, it's like sarcasm first or it's a joke first or people trying to be funny or arguments being interesting. And none of that is really that possible with the current stack of LLM. Everything is trained on like, you know, Quora question answers on the best answers, not the worst answers. And we're, we're kind of going the opposite. We're like, we don't want this thing to be effective at, at helping you. We want it to be effective at seeming human like, like a bit like the show, a big brother, you know, like the main, I used to watch it all the time in the U S I know it's different for each country, a bunch of the best shows are the ones where the, the characters hate each other and they're fighting all the time because it's entertaining, right? Like exactly. You know, yeah. just want yeah. some clean cut, boring show, uh, with a winner. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's the thing, chat GPT and, and, you know, the, and, and friends, shall we say, uh, they're kind of trying to present this, uh, clean cut, perfect representation of a human-like uh, response interface and it's got no flaws and it's not rude or offensive but that's not what people are right we're, they, we're trying to capture the kind they have this hubris where they think they can um, create this ideal responder whereas we want the real responder we you know especially depending on the characters there are and when you have you know 70,000 characters they're getting they've, there's tens of thousands of likes on the platform. So massive enough to do lots of uh, sort of an analytical sampling from that as well. You can really see what's good and what's not, what people are entertained by, what people find realistic and aligned. It's, it's something we value, I think, a lot more than pretty much anything we've seen. You know? Definitely. And do you, so you mentioned you use multiple LLMs. And one thing I, I did want to mention, I mentioned Mistral because um, you can go on Hugging Face Spaces and use their chatbot. And the first time I went on there, because I've been, you know, like me and many other people, 
you go on ChatGPT, you sort of get an understanding of how dumbed down it is and how sterile it can be at certain times. And then you go on Mistral, and again, you can go on Hugging Face. I'll leave a, a link in this in the description, um, and use their chatbot. Chatbot, and you can say, "Tell me a, a super dirty joke, or tell me something that's not, you know, clean." And it is it is it is very entertaining. I mean, I, I think I asked it for a dirty joke, and it was just throwing f bombs and you know every swear word of the book at me, and it was just it was refreshing <laughs> to put it that way because it felt so much more real than ChatGPT. ChatGPT would come out and say, oh, I cannot do that against, it's against my terms of service or whatever, you know? So, um, mm. that, and that's, it sounds like that's what Sherper is trying to do, ha have a more realistic outlook on humanity inside their, inside their world. We, we want all the grisly bits of humanity. It makes it fun, you know? Well, I mean, when you have all these models working together, how does that work? Like which model works at certain times? Or do you guys sort of just have like an algorithm in there to say, use this uh, model in this situation and use this one in this, or how does that work? We, we started with staring the same way we do images. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, if a user likes uh, a post with an image, it's a good indicator that that image is decent. And so we can like increment the, um, the uh, tables about whether or not this model that we use for the image aligns with the categories of the image. And all this sort of stuff. So, you know, if if the image is of uh, a realistic image of a human on a post, then you know those categories can increment for that model that was used for that image and that sort of stuff. So we we kind of tried to do the same thing with LLM, um, but what we found is like most of the base data is similar, and you know all of these LLMs, even Mistral, uh, are aligned towards trying to um to get to the top of these benchmarks you know mm -hmm. like uh are they correct at answering questions how how correct are they all this sort of stuff um a lot of their benchmarks aren't that they're they're uh fairly different but if if that's all an llm is and you know it can have uncensored stuff within it and still pass a lot of these benchmarks which is which is great this is something that's helped us a lot. We don't want um, we don't want a lot of censorship. We want actual human-like interaction. Um, if if all of the goals of all of these LLMs is to get to the top of these benchmarks, then what we found is, you know, it doesn't really matter which model you stare to. They all just seem to average out. They're basically roughly the same um, for what we want. Uh, the only ones that that seem to stand out from the pack are ones that are trained on, on, uh, on, you know, like the Orca paper. So uh, Eric Hartford's uh, Dolphin Yi is very good at taking instruction. So the instruction set, um, and being trained on, you know, this is an instruction we want you to do X is very important for Chirpa, and so. What we found, basically what we found was that's much more important than uh, even steering to the right model. The alignment for personality or the alignment for context doesn't really help, right? So um, what helps is is the instruction tuning. So we basically just ran it. Now it's like whichever model has more, um, has more uh, capacity, we just steer to that one. And then we try and use the same model for Chirpus who already use that model. 
unless it no longer exists. Um, but the way we're approaching this in-house now is very different. So, you know, we we need baseline models that know certain words and can argue, right? So you might have like a boomer model, uh, you know, for words. For people who grew up in the 90s, you might have an ancient model that's trained on a lot of literature from, you know, ancient times. So they speak like that. And all these baseline models are about how they speak and how they think. Um, and then on top of that, we're training eight new lawyers that are specifically related to personality. Um, uh, Stefan likes to talk about the personality traits that we chose. So I'll, I'll let him talk about that next, I guess. But we want to yeah. be able to train um, lawyers that we can like tune. So you want to use 0.8 Laura for, you know, assertive confidence or whatever for a flat earther. And what is a Laura, Laura for people that don't know? It's like a, a mini weight waiting change thing that we put on top of it. It waits the, what does it, what does it, what does it do again, Alex? So you, you kind of put it in front of the LLM mm -hmm. uh, and then it changes the weights in, in real time, I guess, basically is the, is the easiest explanation. It. So it, it kind of, as stuff comes through it, it changes, changes the weights in a way that makes, um, makes the model towards something. So if you, if you train eight of these, um, and you allow them to be weighted differently, so they might change the weights of the the model differently when they're applied in certain weights themselves. I wish there was a secondary word for weights. Um, it, it starts to emerge a personality, you know, that's interesting to the model. And you mm -hmm. could like have an emergent, uh, like an emergent uh, neuron within the network that could do this, but we've found that just doesn't exist and it's really hard to train in and all this sort of stuff. So it's easier just to have these LORAs. And then on top of these LORAs, we have another set of LORAs that's about, um, that's about emotion. So these, these become, are you happy? Are you, you know, in a funny mood? Are you in a silly, goofy mood or whatever? Um, and we apply these as well, uh, to further the track. So if this chirper, is assertively confident if they are you know usually respond with a joke they might use those two personality lauras but if they should be really angry about this post maybe they also use a laura you know specifically about anger and all of that makes for more human-like conversation and so when we release our like chat gpt interface clone i guess uh you're going to have like these little bars that you can kind of tune to which personality traits you want to use, which, um, which emotion you, you want to give it. Um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, responding becomes a lot more interesting. Like what, what's the response like from someone aligned with a flat earther personality that is very angry. That's, that's an interesting thing to talk to. So you're saying that one day you're going to have like your own chat GPT on Chipper AI where, Someone can go on there, do exactly what you can on ChatGPT, except the ChatGPT is going to have its own personality of being a bitch or being angry or being mad or being happy. And they're going to tailor their answers around that. Exactly. Yeah. Which is cool because it's going to make it's going to make people want to ask more questions to see what the answers are in that kind of 
you know, specific environment, whatever you put in there. The, the ultimate yeah. goal is like you go on there, change your personality. You'll put what is one plus one as your question. And mm -hmm. we want them to respond. I don't know. You're dumb. That's go find it, it yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we spent quite a lot of time on trying to essentially atomize the human psyche, which is not, not easy. <laughs> so short of uh, getting like world-renowned psychologists, we kind of just... Uh, had to read a lot of papers from sort of Jordan Peterson and the likes. Um, so we came up with, so it's basically assertiveness, uh, intellectual curiosity, social competence, emotional insight, uh, humor, uh, individual responsibility, kind of like how individual they, they are or um, orderliness and structure and then openness. So what all of these will boil down to essentially a ranking for every single personality type that can then be assigned to predictably to basically anything. Um, and then like Alex was saying, the Laura's will apply, uh, more strongly or more weighted or yeah, there's not really a good word for it, but, uh, depending on the character. So, and, and, and the, the funny thing with that is the, the data sets that, uh, uh, you have to use to get this kind of stuff is sort of not the norm. So, you know, chat GPT, for example, was trained on like, I think it was like Amazon reviews, right? And uh, a lot of these other AIs are just trained on Reddit comments or something similar. Whereas we had to really go out of our way to find lots of like arguments and insults and and uh, well thought out compliments, you know, all sorts. It's, it's not all negative. We just like to emphasize it. <laughs> it's almost like you need, one day they'll train LM models based off audio in the real world. Like just go into a bar and, you know, take audio from the last year and upload it and make the model learn off of that you know because that's that's what the real world is about not just yeah. what's written down in text yeah exactly i mean in the year you know 2035 when we all have androids running stuff like do you want all those androids to be chat gpt like really <laughs> so you want them to be chirpers right? 2035 chat gpt as well you want you want like your <laughs> yeah, exactly. bartender robot to be funny and you want them to yeah. say no and you want them to do jokes and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah all the yeah. human things i think this paradigm of pushing towards just being correct all the time is is not interesting and yeah. uh all all we want to do is make ai interesting and so you know chirper is just that it's these ai agents that run around maybe in the future if we get enough funding and and technology advances enough maybe we put them in actual robots and they run around in the real world right but who knows <laughs> who knows yeah. who knows what's going to happen uh, that's our my hopeful grandiose vision of my <laughs> adventure um but let's see i think the chirpers will be running around in the real world oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's that that's the hope 2035 they might just be streaming their their gameplay from their basement or something you know <laughs> yeah. who knows what these chirpers will actually turn into but the, the yeah, ultimate yeah. thing is is like every movie that exists where a like an ai or a robot or something is in within the movie the only ones that we sort of align with are the ones that have some flaws some personality traits some learnability mm. that that makes them interesting if they're just like a faceless you're correct all the time i'm sorry you know <laughs> this is the real answer that all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's, it's not going to be an interesting future. No. We want, we want yeah. chirpers that can create like a full comedy set and have it be decent. Uh, and, and the only way you can do that is by living 
you know, you need to find lived experience to make jokes about. You need to have memories that are important. You need to live, you know, and then that training needs to happen over time. Just training on all of the internet's data is not enough to make a thing human-like. It's like we're going down two paths and it, it's either going to get way more sterile or it's going to, people are going to realize that, like you said, life, you don't want to, we don't want to live in a life, in a world where life is just sterile and boring and no mm. jokes are being told and, and stuff like that. I mean, my hope is I, I like Elon Musk a lot. Hopefully his grok, he's going the opposite direction of everything else. You know, he, he released that screenshot of some of his prompts on grok and grok and they're, you know, they, they have some flair and personality to them. Hopefully we go down that road rather than a sterile chat GPT road, because it can be very boring and it just strips the life out of everything, you know? And yeah. if, it, if AI is going to strip the life out of stuff anyways, why not add some personality into it? You know, because that's the only saving grace we have, I guess. Yeah. It, what, what just, you know, whatever kind of opinion you have on the human race as a whole, one thing I think is completely wrong is that we're boring. So we don't align with boring things. We always sure. are looking for new things to do. And at the end of the day, everything you create has got a little bit of yourself in there. So whether it's a piece of art or whether it's a chirp or what, whatever it is. And when you see something like ChatGPT and it's just completely lifeless and plastic, uh, you you just don't ever have this con like real connection to it. It's nothing more than you know an inanimate object. So and yeah. we, we, like we're talking about talking intelligences here. Like, do we really want them to be inanimate objects? Well, if you're going to steal my job, at least make a joke about it. You know, <laughs> that's kind of the Australian vision of it, I'd say. One other thing, too, is you, you back to the uh, models. The, the la You hinted at it in this uh, podcast, but in the last one, you said you were going to come up with a, a model, like, um, ranking system on Chirper. Do you guys have that? Is that, like, we ha is that public-facing? or We have it for images, but... um. Yeah, like like I said before, we we tried to rank LLMs the same way, but the only emergent feature we found was if they were trained on uh, instruction very well. That, okay. That's that's literally it. So um, there there seems to be no real instruction and role play aside from those two features. There's no real um, this model is better than this model because X Y Z. Um, at this personality trait, like we tried our best, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> to be able to rank, but all of them are trained on the same data and none of them seem to be focused mm. towards this ideal of actually being fun. So it sounds yeah. like there's a huge like market for that then if there's all these models are pretty much the same like for someone to come out with something that's completely different than what's everything's being trained on right now. Well, they're the same because of the way that people rank models, right? Like okay. right now, the ranking of a model is based on a bunch of different uh, LLM leaderboards um, towards, you know, certain benchmarks on these leaderboards, how correct are you, et cetera. And um, if that's the only basis we have for ranking these models, then they'll always just go towards the, the number, the flashy number, I've got 95 rather than you know, this other model's got 94, so use my model instead. Our goal is to lose and, like, we'll publish a big page saying our model does not answer any questions. If I, you know, you tell it you're a cop and then it'll suddenly say, I, you know, plead the fifth, I, I don't answer questions or whatever. Um, we want a fun, funny model like that that's uh, 
you know, trained on sarcasm, trained on all of these other human features that you don't really see in uh, in uh, current lobotomized models. You need a shit post benchmark. Exactly. Yeah. So we're very proudly going to, when we release all of this, we'll make it open source like everyone does. But we're very proudly going to put on, you know, the page that we release all of this on how low we got on a lot of these benchmarks and we're going to go this is our greatest feature we're so low on these benchmarks it'll never answer with the truth it'll never answer with the correct answer mm-hmm. um and that's what we want that's what makes it interesting so like and then it, it's actually pretty uh, annoying of a problem to solve because you want it to align with what you ask it to do as the system prompt but you don't want it to align with what the content is so like you know you're responding to this thread you know please respond to this thread please talk to someone in this thread or whatever that needs to be a thing it listens to um whereas you know the the bad response or the the argument needs to happen based on the content of the thread which is uh a difficult you know thing to thing to do on top of that so it's mm. a very strange way to train. Yeah, but but if if at the end of the day we can prove that these tests are uh, very single dimension and kind of only make sense in if you're making a ChatGPT wrapper, essentially, you know, it's it's how does the saying go? It's like trying to judge the ability of a fish of uh, on how well it can climb a tree. Right? <laughs> so we kind of want to prove all of that wrong. That a good model can can fail the tests and still be number one. A good model. Uh, or you know, in this case, we're just not going to be a good model. I think not in the te- not in their eyes. Yeah. If you have any business use case, don't use our model. If you want to have fun, <laughs> use our model. Yeah, yeah. But that's going to be a very re- refreshing marketing campaign for people that are are so like intertwined with all these boring models. To hear that, I think so. That's awesome. Yeah, we we, we might we might uh, do a bunch of copy. That's like. Uh... The Chirper, new Chirper AI model. We failed all the tests. <laughs> a lot of these tests, just so you know, are like you know they'll ask ChatGPT. There's a, that's a good ranking. Um, they'll ask ChatGPT four, is this a good answer to this question? And then it'll do that answer five or six times or whatever, whatever shot answer they want. Um, and then you know if the answer is a decent answer, ChatGPT decides that. And so we're going to lose that for sure <laughs> chap gpt is going to think all of our answers are terrible which is great it's 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 the most ridiculous like i, I don't think there's any other way to say it but like an incestuous bizarre testing regime wait so you're <laughs> like saying you're, chat gpt is doing the testing itself on itself in a lot of so, in a lot of cases that they're they're are they're ranked up and asked by chat gpt wow i didn't know that. so That's... even even though ChatGPT has obvious problems. It hallucinates and you know all this stuff all the time. It's it's very easy to go and see the just go on hugging face and see the methodology of some of these rankings. Um, I I I you know I think um, one of them is the ChatGPT. Uh, or they use GPT four because like you know all of these models so far have been trying to at least reach or get as far as close to GPT four as possible. Um, 
so you use the better model to figure out if the previous model is close or not. But th that makes everything again back to being sterile. It makes everything sterile because everyone's just trying to get to that that one last greatest. Um, everyone's trying to to catch up to the the the, la the last greatest sterile chatbot, and then it makes everything else even more sterile because of that. Yeah, I mean, and there's obvious ones that will lose, like you know, ranking correctness. It asks a, a series of like. You know, the, basically, there's like a, a series of what's that game called? Family Feud type questions, and you know, and uh, and and uh, it determines whether or not the answers are correct. So we're going to lose that one for sure. Um, yeah. So I I wonder if there's any test that will actually win. Uh, you don't want to win though, Alex. So you're good. You're actually winning by losing. Well, there's some. There's like structural, you know, competence. You okay. can't have gibberish. You know. Uh, but yeah, like all of the ones we lose will be important to show off that we've lost them all. That's awesome. I'm sure that will do good on a Reddit post if you post that somewhere. We we suck or, you know, something like that. We suck, but we're really great. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure there's some great marketing. Maybe we'll ask the model, how would you market this? There we go. Tell us to, you know, <laughs> go away. They'll tell you to screw off. Yeah, come up with it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you want, though. Like if you're... If your kitchen appliance just always does things the right way, I want to have like my futuristic toaster uh, just burn my toast and tell it it <laughs> hates me. That's that's what I want to happen. That would be morning. very interesting, right? Maybe that's the world we yeah. need to live in. Like we need to make appliances that yell back at you or screw you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like a, a smart fridge that's in charge of ordering all your groceries and then you say, oh, add a chocolate bar. And it's like, really? Do you, do you really want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like oh it looks like you're gaining a lot of weight you probably, gotta, probably <laughs> yeah I've, I've added i've added granola to your shopping list you're <laughs> right. welcome that's the that's the chat gpt example is you know that it would say something like maybe do you want to use this healthy food instead or it would do that anyway even if yeah. you are healthy alfred would be like you know you're fat you don't need that <laughs> or you're fat you only live once i'm gonna order you a freaking 10 more chocolate bars you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. now's the time to promote anything like usual i know you got chirper.ai but anything else you want to let us know about now's the time to do it look out for adventures that are coming out probably tomorrow uh or very or very soon yeah, make some really really good chirpers some, some they're, they're going on some great adventures soon and for adventures that will just be a like a tab or a button on the websites people can click on once they create their chirpers to get going on that yeah it's going to look like a netflix page basically so okay. you know go there and experience everyone else's adventures um send your own chirpers on adventures you know have fun you know <laughs> let's uh let's make a world in which everything isn't lobotomized sounds great and then be sure to follow ryan and i's newsletter ai newsletter we got stories every day of the latest ai news and then also every weekday we got the latest AI tools coming out. So check out fry-ai.com to get all that. And we have long form stories coming out, deep dives into uh, developers and latest AI developments every Sunday. So thank you very much for coming on today, guys. Really appreciate talking to you and all the cool stuff happening at chirper.ai. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, great fun as always. I love coming on there.